Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have got uh, the, the ending of the Golden Glory weekend, but there has been a huge patch that came into us from Sea of Thieves. It's got a ton of stuff that I want to get into, but I couldn't do it alone. So this week, we're joined by the Sea of Thieves partnered streamer, Smexy, a.k.a. Sam, who's going to be jumping in with me as we find out who she is and what's so great about her content and diving into the patch notes to talk a lot about Sea of Thieves and get a lot of things out in the open to kind of discuss some very heated topics as well as some topics that I know a lot of people are kind of used to, but we've got a lot in store for you, so hang in there right after the Patreon callouts. This week, of course, I have to call out the patron callout list. They are the amazing supporters who are taking care of the Keelhauled Podcast community. So this week, thanks to Bentley Beaver, Chateau Neuf, Chris Horn, Cosmic Johnson, El Jefe Esteban, Ginger Beard, Trickster, Jabaro5, Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Munchie, Registella, Rust Bell Kid, T and Professor, Vibrolux, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy Super Pack, Davrom TV, Fergotron, Straw Hat Connor, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow. Thank you so much for supporting the Patreon. Uh, for, for all of you coming in, this next coming episode is going to be the end of the month episode. So if you are a captain in the Patreon, you are welcome to join. We are going to be recording on August 28th at 11 a.m. PST. That's going to be, what, 1 p.m. EST? What is that? Three hours ahead, 11 to 12, 12 to 1, 1 to 2, 2 p.m. EST. And then that's going to be, I think, 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. in British Standard Time. I'm trying to remember where it is. I'm sorry I forgot right now, but we're closing in on daylight savings and that stuff all always kind of messes me up. So join in August 28th. 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure that you're joining up so that you can spend some time with the rest of the Keelhauled members. I want to hear how your Golden Glory weekend went. I want to hear how you feel about the uh, double dig getting removed. I want to know what you feel about this patch because you're part of the community and I I love having your feedback on that. So if you want to know how to join up so you can join in on the conversation at the end of the month, just like the rest of them, head over to patreon.com forward slash Keelhauled podcast. That's it. That's all you got to do. And Pirates, with that, welcome, Smexy. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Keelhauled Podcast. As always, I, I have with me a, a wonderful guest this time. This is someone that I've been looking forward to chatting with for a while. I absolutely love their content, and they're one of the few Sea of Thieves partners that have been in the game for a, for a long time. They've been, they've been streaming Sea of Thieves for quite a while, and I actually remember back when it used to be a different name. So please welcome Smexy, who used to be Smexy Chicken, and is referred to as Sam by a lot of her community members. So, uh, Smexy, Sam, how do you? What do you like to go by usually? Uh, generally, I go by uh, I go by Sam, but either way works for me. <laughs> uh, just as long as you don't call me late for dinner, we're fine. Yeah, that's fair. I would always make sure that you'd get a good meal, nice warm <laughs> meal. So, uh, thanks for joining me. I'm I'm so glad that you got to join in. Um, I wanted to get a little bit of info about who you are. You've been a Sea of Thieves partner for quite a long time. I believe when the program yeah. first 
first jumped in, you were like right in it. So yeah, I was invited uh, to be a part of it before it actually became a thing. So yeah, that's awesome. And and we've seen a lot of see these partners uh, join up in the ranks, but it's it's great to get to a chance to talk to someone who's kind of in it from the from the get go. Has that been really good for you? Has that been a really fun experience? Oh, yeah. uh, it's been a fantastic experience. The devs have been very, very kind uh, to us partners. And um, before it started booming the way that it had uh, when Twitch drops weren't as nearly as a, a frequent of a thing, um, it certainly helped everyone that was in the program um, in terms of, uh, you know, visibility and and all that stuff. It's been a it's been quite a ride. It's been nice. I'm generally kind of quiet and keep to myself. Uh, but I absorb all the information and I've, I've gotten along and made a lot of good friends through the directory. That's awesome. That's glad. To, I'm so glad to hear that. The, the Sea of Thieves community has a lot of different facets. And, and I've noticed that we all tend to kind of find our audience and, and who people like to, to kind of follow around. And I wanted to bring you on because I wanted to share you with my community, because uh, with some of the Twitch drops that are coming up soon, mm-hmm. they're going to need partners to watch. And I don't oh, sure. know if they've gotten a chance to check out a lot of your streams, because a lot of, at least to my audiences in America, you stream rather late comparatively, but it's <laughs> a little bit, it's great for Australia. It's great for, uh, uh for, for the UK and in Europe and stuff. So when do you typically, uh, stream? Uh, generally I start around midnight, especially when we're doing drops because, uh, drops actually turn over at 2 a.m. So the way that I have always set up my my stream schedule during drops is I start two hours before the switch off. So if you're late to the game and you want to get both in a day, you just watch me for three hours and then that's a really great way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually I do. I either you or Asylum are typically my two go to friends for when it when I have to watch Twitch drops because it is typically I get off work pretty late at night and I need to get my my time in and I'm usually looking who's on, who can I, (laughs) who can I watch? And it's usually you or Asylum. So I really appreciate you guys uh, taking that that time frame and making sure that the crazies like me out there able to to get that in. Being there, it's 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 quite a blessing to be able to uh, to entertain people the way that we do. Um, I didn't think, you know, five ten years ago that I would ever be in this position. Not to say that this was even really a thing uh, five ten years ago. So, so what got you into it then? Um, I have always loved video games. I've been playing games for twenty four years. Uh, it's become uh, almost part of my identity before I even started doing it as a job. Um, and so I I've. It was a bonding mechanism for me. I moved a lot as a kid, but video games were always there. You know, I've moved about 28 times in my life. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, so I had myself, my two siblings and my games. Oh, and wow. uh, it was a way for me to dive into a story and, you know, experience something uh, much like reading a book would. But I can see it and I can I can interact with it. And um, that was really important for me. And so my first uh, job as an adult, though I had jobs previous. My first job as an adult was with GameStop, and uh, I started out small, you know, a little seasonal, uh, but then I became a store manager very quickly, and that was kind of a career thing for me until uh, I started gaining steam with streaming. It was a way for me to uh, connect with an audience in a way that I kind of lost becoming a store manager, because when you're when you're in front of the customer, you can kind of, you know, talk about your favorite games and get excited with people when they pick up a new game or 
when they yeah. pre-order. They, you get to talk to people and it's amazing. It's the best part of the job. Yeah, and really I is. lost that being a store manager because in my mind, being the store manager means running the numbers and making sure everything on the back end is okay so that the people that are excited about games with the customers can do their jobs. Um, and so I kind of wanted to get that feeling back. And so I started streaming and I was like, I could be good at this. I was a theater kid in, in high school. <laughs> I'm very comfortable in front of an audience and I'm very comfortable talking to anybody about anything. Um, so I got started with it and it just, it almost became sort of like a necessity in my day Yeah. where I, my friends were there, you know, my, my community is, uh, feels more like a family than it does just a community. I can definitely relate to that. Now you get the best of both worlds because you, exactly. you have the responsibility that you had as a manager. It challenges you as a streamer. You have to watch your, your analytics and how things oh, are yeah. going. But you get the you get to do your your the best part of the job of being able to com commune with other gamers, have that kind of uh, camaraderie, and talk about games. But you don't have to worry about trying to sell people on magazine subscriptions or replacement plans and things mm -hmm. like that. You get the, the like it's only yada yada. Yeah, no, I don't have to do that. <laughs> any of that stuff. I'm so excited about that. I just get to nerd out with everybody, and and if people find my content to be, you know, worth it. They'll drop a sub or they'll throw bits or whatever. But um, ultimately, I'm just happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. I I can definitely tell by your streams, you're just happy to be hanging out with people and enjoying it. And the you, you celebrate the people that support you, but you you would be there regardless. And I'm, I'm glad that you're at the point where you can actually reach that because your content's amazing. I actually really oh, enjoy you. it. And I have to say, uh, so I have two two questions. On Twitter, you have an amazing ability to to do makeup, a, 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 <laughs> a type of makeup that I am envious of. And I and hearing that you come from a theater background, I'm and I understand it a lot more now. It seems like you've had a lot of practice and you have a, a good understanding of like what a character is when you want to do some cosplay and stuff. So was mm -hmm. that a, was that really integral to to theater for you or was that something that kind of came about with streaming? Honestly, I think it came about with streaming, though, though the confidence to do makeup looks, I think, come from a theater background because a lot of people will will do something that they really love, but then they're embarrassed to show their face on stream or whatever, looking like, you know, a corpse. Uh, and <laughs> I just really don't care. Uh, I think part of that came from theater. I grew up in a very, very small town, about 1,200 people. My um, my graduating class was huge at 125 kids. Wow. So our theater, our theater was not exactly like well equipped, but I did what I could with what I had. Um, makeup's always been a thing that I've been very interested in. And I think over the past year, it's just ramped up exponentially um, having to do with, you know, actual cosplay makeup and, and face paints and and things of that nature. I just got an airbrush kit about a week ago. Oh, cool. And I'm I'm going to be experimenting with that a little bit and seeing what I can do. Um, all of my TikTok stuff is is OCs um, with, you know, body and face paint and stuff. Um, but I think that that has become, it's actually, it's become such an integral part in, in my social presence that I actually did a sponsored stream the other day. And part of the terms were that for the two days that I was streaming, I would do cosplays. Oh, no way. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, which was is shocking to me and so exciting um, because I just I just love doing it. I love my, like, yeah, I'm not a painter. I'm not a, I'm not good with like art in general. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the canvas, that is my face. I feel like I'm pretty all right. You're comfortable with the medium that you're that you've been working in. 
And exactly. I'm, I'm, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I'm willing to bet with a little bit of practice, you could tackle just about any other medium, whether it be digital or canvas paper, you could probably pull it off. If, if you just based on what I've seen from like your TikTok and your Twitter and stuff, it's, it's clear you have an eye for what works. And I, I love seeing like where you go with your different uh, styles and themes, like every time you do a post for stream and stuff like that. Absolutely awesome. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure. But I, I did want to ask uh, my other question is you talked about your theater background on stream. I've noticed that you have an exceptional singing voice, one that I am absolutely <laughs> jealous you. of. So I, I know and it seems like it's it's something that is very kind of uh, devil may care. You don't seem to really jump into song on command. It seems like you kind of fall into this kind of situation where you're in the middle of something and it just kind of comes out because it's just your natural thing. So do you end up singing a lot when you're out and about or when you're when you're at home oh, yeah. just doing stuff? I sing constantly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's something that I have found I do when I am happy. Um, there was a there's a time frame for the past, you know, two years. I've struggled a little bit. I think we all have, especially with, you know, yeah. the panini. But um, I, I will say that being able to walk around and sing and not care is something that definitely um, just makes me feel good. That's I, cool. I enjoy singing. I, I enjoy um, knowing that the things that I do, like both my makeup and my singing, I taught myself to do. I really? have had no training with either. Oh, that's so um, cool. Yeah. So Very it's, natural. It, it's just a lot of practice and, and I love both of them equally. And so I, I try to do them at any point because if you lose, if you don't practice, you lose it. And that's just how it works. I, I 100% agree. I used to do a ton of drawing and I, I tried to draw an owl the other day for the Sea of Thieves art club and it's horrible looking it looks like, like a monstrosity why why i, I just what recently happened? uh i have my ipad my little apple pencil and i tried to draw because i'm going to be doing a lust cosplay from full metal alchemist Ooh. and so um i'm trying to draw the homunculi like symbol yeah so that i could then draw it on me oh man i'm so bad at it <laughs> i took like 45 minutes to draw the stupid little wings above the symbol and i just can't do it oh my gosh i i can definitely relate to that the the art club that i was i was teasing around with was draw to, two circles and then it was like step one draw two circles step two draw an owl and the owl is just looks amazing and joe clifford who's one of the community managers posted her oh, version joe. of of the owl and i was like are you this is cheating this is clearly cheating how dare you <laughs> It was it was way better than anything. And she's like, just draw it. And I was like, OK, but I'm not posting this because it is scary looking. Uh, but yeah, it's it's 100 percent true. You do have to continually practice. And I see you practicing uh, with your bop it all the time, too. So I was. <laughs> Uh, where did the where did the bop it come from? Was that like a, a version of your kind of fidget uh, spinner when when you're on stream? You know, so I, I put in my bio in everything at the very beginning of streaming bop it extraordinaire. <laughs> and the reason why I put bop it extraordinaire is because I got really good at bop it as a kid. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it was. I just love that game. I'm just good at it. Um, and so like I, I'll sit there and I remember one time when I was a kid, I played a single game of Bop It Extreme for two hours while talking with people and walking around and eating. And like I could just I could just do that. It's something that I can somewhat unconsciously do. And That's so cool. I made I ended up making it a, a channel point redemption to play Bop It. 
Oh, and that's too funny. Yeah, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but I'll play Bop It. <laughs> and it's funny because I'll have people come in that don't know what's going on. They're like, what is happening? Right? And, and, you know, the regulars in my chat are using cat jam and, and you know, all that stuff to like <laughs> play along. And then I'll beat it, quote unquote, because everyone thinks that's impossible. It's not. The game stops you at checkpoints. Um, and it'll do this little doo, 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 and then like play a cool little tune and then it stops you and you have to, you know, start all over again if you want to get further than that. Um, but generally when I play Bop It, I will, uh, <laughs> I will quote unquote beat the game. And then everyone goes, what? How did that happen? And it's just, it's just kind of a cool little engagement thing that I do. Oh, that's too funny. It reminds me of what what the first person that must have beaten a Rubik's Cube must have been like. They were like, what? How did you? You can't beat that. That's ridiculous. What? But the, it's the same color. And he just what? It's not possible. <laughs> How dare you? So I, I wanted to dig a little bit in. We've been talking uh, a fair amount of your streaming time and stuff like that, but I know you love to play Sea of Thieves. You've been playing some other games and stuff, and you mentioned how when you were growing up that you enjoyed uh, getting narrative from games. So I was kind of mm -hmm. curious, do you have like a few favorites uh, that are like narrative-based games that you kind of go back to? Uh, like a, I like a, do. So what do you like to go back to? And, and I already kind of know this, so I'm cheating, but... <laughs> My want... favorite game series of all time is Mass Effect. I have uh, a tattoo. Actually, it's the very first tattoo I ever got. Uh, it's a renegade symbol with the quote, may you be in heaven half an hour before the devil knows you're dead in renegade scarring. And it's <laughs> on my back. It took six and a half hours. It was a painful, great time. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, it only took six and a half hours because it was February in Central Oregon and the heat went out in the studio. Oh, so. no. <laughs> so, you know, when they put like that petroleum jelly on your back or whatever to kind of cool yeah. down the skin. Yeah, well, that just made my skin colder, which made the needle hurt more. Oh. But hey, it's okay. I got the pain tolerance of like a crazy person, so it's fine. Oh, um, man. Mass Effect, though, is, is hands down my favorite series. Um, I, I also really love the Elder Scrolls series and the Fallout series. I have tattoos of those as well. Really? Um, okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've got the, the Vault-Tec logo on my forearm. And then I also have the Marked for Death shout from Skyrim. Um on my arm that's awesome so uh but mass effect was one that was near and dear to my heart still is and um it's probably one of the only game series that consistently makes me cry even when i know when something's coming mm. uh the 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 involvement of of your shepherd and all the other characters and the different the vastly different story arcs that you can create yeah. in that game are incredible um I, you know, for anyone listening who's played Mass Effect since the last 15 minutes, it's probably uh, the best series I've ever played. I have a confession. Mm. I've, I've only ever played the second one all the way through. You got to play it all the way through. The Legendary Edition's out, man. I have it. It comes with all the DLC. <laughs> it will, except for um, the Pinnacle ones Station, that are, but yeah. no one really cares about Pinnacle Station. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, yeah, I, I got through, I think about a third of Mass Effect one and it's a hard sell these days. It's dated, you know, it feels that way. I actually, I really, I was loving it. I was having such a good time. I got a little stuck on one part and then a buddy of mine told me a way to kind of tactically deal with it. 
And then Sea of Thieves announced a Pirate's Life. Oh, and sure. Yeah. I was like, ah, well, I guess I'm not playing anything else for a while. So You're like that takes precedence for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I when I did because uh, I had a I, I got a 360 back in 2011. My wife and I, um, I hadn't been playing. I had stopped playing World of Warcraft for a while because I wanted to, to step back from like games as a service and it was taking way too much of my time. So we we sure. agreed that the alternative would be a 360 with a connect because then she would be able to have zumba and uh just dance and i would get gears of war and uh mass effect 2. oh sure so and then we ended up playing both at the end in, in like connect sports and stuff but that was kind of like i had a good year where i was like all right i need to play the games that i've really been wanting to playing and then we'll do zumba and just dance and stuff afterwards so after that we got we we ended up selling it because we had to move south and we were trying to get as much money as we could to kind of have a good nest egg so when oh, we makes sense. To, and back then like good 360s because they were all getting red ringed and stuff a good 360 was like yes yeah yeah so i i miss it but oh well I'll, i'm sure at some point i'll i'll be able to pick up another one but to, to kind of get back. So um, you you love Mass Effect. You love uh, Fallout and El Elder Scrolls. I, I'm not going to touch those because I'm very alien to those franchises. <laughs> I didn't grow up with them. So they're just sure. totally out of my purview. Uh, but I figured we could dive into some Sea of Thieves and kind of talk a little bit about how did you get into Sea of Thieves? Like where, where did you find it? Like what drew you into it? So uh, when I was a store manager, I actually got a code for it for free being a store manager. That's kind of just <laughs> one of the perks of being one. So I played, I actually played part of the technical alpha as well. Nice. Um, I played during that and then I played during launch a little bit, but I'll be honest, I was so busy that there wasn't really any opportunity for me to put enough time into it for it to really matter. Yeah. Uh, but then I, when I started on Twitch, um, I went over in a raid with uh with Brian Deckard to uh, Nerdy Nettie's stream. Mm, yeah. And Nettie has been a source of inspiration for me yeah. for a very long time. She is probably the one that I've looked up to the most um, just because she's got a devil may care sort of attitude about everything. She's and, great. Uh, oh, she's incredible. Yeah. She's fantastic. And when I got to meet her at TwitchCon, she was just as excited to see me as I was to see her. Uh -huh. And that kind of just solidified it for me. Uh, <laughs> but I watched her play Sea of Thieves and I was like, wow, I've missed out on a lot. Mm. I need to do this. This looks like a game that I could consistently play um, on stream because uh, let's be honest, if you don't have a main game on Twitch these days with the discoverability, you're just, you're not... It's tough. It's a long slog. It's not impossible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Variety is not impossible. I've got a good friend that, that made it through Variety. Um, but it is a long slog. And I'm impatient. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, you know, this looks like a game I could play consistently. I oh, like the... this game. And so I just started playing it. And I have not stopped since. So was it more the the actual gameplay world of it or was there anything kind of pirate aesthetics that you kind of fell into when you were growing up that that uh, did that kind of entertain you at all or was it just you know, it's purely that it's a sandbox really i love sandbox games it's not that i don't enjoy you know pirate themes because right. i think they're very cool um the water is gorgeous i'm very um picky about my <laughs> aesthetics when it comes to games if it's stylized, perfect. Other than that, I'm generally a hyper-realism sort of person. Mm, but, gotcha. Uh, but because of the way that it's styled, I fell in love with the visuals. 
Yeah. Um, the sound design's fun to listen to. I actually have a thing where I, I've, I record specific sections of the map and then just turn off all the music and, and just listen to the... Really? Listen to the... Yeah, I've got, it's, it's called like Sea of Relaxation or something like that. Interesting. Um, okay. But yeah, I, cool. I just love the game world. Yeah. I think it's so cool. And when I started streaming it, the community uh, just made me fall in love with it more. Everyone's just so stoked and so excited about <laughs> this game specifically. And it is intoxicating. Yeah. Yeah. The passion with this community is is what really sucked me in. I, I fell in love with the game just like you. Same thing. I, I've always been a big fan of pirates growing up. Um, and I think that when the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out, that really kind of solidified my love for them. Um, and then when Sea of Thieves came out, I, I was on probably the longest Nintendo binge since the switch came out, I was like, anything that the switch puts out, I'm going to pick that up because I just, I've, I've missed out on a lot. This is a portable console. I'm working outside every day. And this is a great way for me to enjoy a little bit of what I'm doing when I'm out spraying pesticides and stuff. Um, oh, sure. So when Sea of Thieves came out, it was, it's a story that the, the disc, the, the, the podcast listeners definitely know, but I, I literally went to a Dunkin' Donuts just to get some coffee and some food because I was waiting for a job. And I was just kind of browsing around on Twitch and it was during the the closed beta. And I saw this game and I saw, I saw people running around and I saw the water and I saw people like picking up items and moving them to the ship and then sailing the ship and dealing with the sails. And I was just like so enthralled by how visceral everything was. It was all analogous. You had to do something. If you wanted to look something up, you had to look at the map and you had to correlate it to what the island looked like. And you had to mm. look at the map and actually get your bearings and, and understand how to read it. And, you know, I, I was raised a, a, a no mini map. Yeah. And yeah. I love that stuff. Love it. Yeah. It's so, it's so intuitive how you would expect things to work most of the time. Um, in, in a game and you don't you don't see that with games that much and that was that was always what was so interesting about sea of thieves that kind of drew me in is, is is you if you wanted to do well at the game then you had to uh do the things that you wanted to do you didn't have to just like you know hit hit a waypoint and fast travel there you actually had to sail and you had I to know how to sail ever. <laughs> In fact, i make my i make most of my uh gaming experiences more difficult and i think that's why i gravitated so easily to sea of thieves uh, whenever I play Skyrim, I have multiple mods that uh, enable hypothermia. I have to eat. Um, if I if my clothes get wet, then I can get sick. Um, I I like survival games. And then same thing with Red Dead Online. I've turned off my HUD entirely, so I have no mini map. I have no way of knowing where oh I'm going. I just have to learn the map. Okay. When Anniversary came out uh, for Sea of Thieves, um, I was doing the tall tales with a buddy of mine who was really, really, he is one of those characters that he is just a, f a fun person to be around. He's got that kind of chemistry where he's just so enjoyable to be around. And he and I were running around sailing for a couple months without our HUD on. And everything was based off of memory and understanding of our environment. If we got hit, we had to think about what we got hit with and how much health that was how many bananas it would take to actually serve or survive. And we, oh, cool. yeah. So in, in, I, I have to say playing Sea of Thieves with no HUD is it, it, there's a little bit of cheating because you, you still access the HUD when you get into a barrel. But before we were doing, or before we had the barrel system where you could actually move your inventory to and from barrels and you just had to grab the bananas straight from the barrel and the, the same thing with the cannons, mm -hmm. it was, it was just, it was so enjoyable to like, 
if you wanted to pull bananas out of a barrel, you just pulled bananas out of the barrel. And when you couldn't pull anymore, that was how you knew, you know, you had full, full amount of bananas and stuff. But yep. it was such a, a, it was, it was so beautiful to actually play. And this was well before we had the ability to toggle uh, the HUD so you could get good screenshots and stuff. Like you, if you wanted a good screenshot, you still had to drill in through the settings and turn it all off. So yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy with the amount of hotkeys they have included <laughs> now because man, oh man, it was just a slog to do anything different than what you already had set up previous. It's true. It's true. So I, I definitely commend you on your dedication to the realism because I... I would definitely take some of the shortcuts away from things like Skyrim and stuff. But uh, with like Cyberpunk, I, I definitely didn't fast travel as much as I ever wanted to. I wanted to try and learn the different streets and stuff and actually oh, yeah. think I mean, about like where I'm driving. City, it's going to be planned like a city. You're not always going to have a GPS. I mean, that's a lie. You could <laughs> always have a GPS. But it's nice to not rely on one. Yeah. The more you familiarize yourself with an area, the easier it is for you to do it without thinking. And that's one of the things that I try to do the most in in the games that I play that allow me to. Um, and that's uh, I play a lot of, like I said, survival games. So there's a game called Green Hell that I enjoy quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And the map does you have to fill in the portions of the map like you have no idea what this looks like. And then you've got a compass that gives you coordinates. So, you know, I'm at 49 South, 26 East. And you there's no fast travel. So if your buddy is over at, you know, uh, 24 East, 43 South, and then you have to coordinate to find each other. Um, there's no other way to do it. There's no wow. cars. You just say you're walking through the Amazon and you have to give coordinates. And the map does nothing. It doesn't even show you where you are. Yeah. So if you have to look and go, okay, I'm 46 South, 24 East. And then you look <laughs> at the map and you go based off of coordinates and, you know, you have to find your center point. It's it's probably the best type of traversal for me, for a player like me, um, without me getting frustrated because I just don't get frustrated by things like that. Oh, it's a challenge. You're, you're looking for a good challenge that actually draws you into the atmosphere, draws you into the experience. That's... That's actually really made it. It reminds me very much of when you play with um, see these players who are not quite as as uh, versed with the game and you ask them where something is. And instead of them describing where the thing is, they're like, it's over there. And you're like, OK, but where you're is like, well, you can't ping. So <laughs> yeah. it's ain't apex. You yeah. can't just press middle mouse button and show you where things are. <laughs> you got to Give me a little bit more than that. Exactly. So we've been we've been talking for a bit. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure that we got we got a lot of news uh, with this latest uh, patch oh, release yeah. in this last week. And uh, ironically, I've been I've been upset that well, not really upset. I've been disappointed that we haven't really had a whole lot going on in the last couple of weeks. So when we got this patch and it dropped and I took a look at the notes, I, I almost fell over. I was just like, this is insane. This is so this much is a stuff. a lot of stuff, yeah. So we've got a lot to go through, and I'm hoping you'll bear with me as we kind of dive into this, because I, I definitely want a lot of your uh, your your feedback on this, because you you definitely play the game a lot more than I have time to, and you, you having you go through these will uh, help color how important some of these changes are for, oh, sure. for the game. Um, right off the bat, I kind of wanted to dive into uh, the upcoming event. Um, it's something that's in the game. We can take a look at it and actually see kind of what the idea of it's going to be. 
Uh, it's entitled Jewels of the Deep, which is very reminiscent back to uh, early July of 2018 when we were out smashing statues for, mm -hmm. for gems. And it looks like this is going to be something that is akin to some of the past events that we've had where we're going to be earning favors and uh, different actions will earn you different values of favors. And you'll be working on that to unlock a time-limited uh, event-exclusive cosmetic, the Ruby so uh, Sovereign Eye Patch. Um, do you like these types of events when you're in Sea of Thieves? I do. Um, I think that um, in general, the events that we've had as of late have been a lot of the same. It's, hey, go kill Flameheart. Hey, uh, kill a Meg. Get Krakened. Mm -hmm. you know, but I like them when they're specific. Give me something specific to do and I will do it. Yeah. Um, if it's just things that I can experience by exploring the world, I don't consider that to be an event. I know that those are generally made that way so that more casual players than I, which is most of the the player base, mm -hmm. um, can actually fulfill uh, the requirements of the event. And I understand that. And so I don't make a foster, you know, kick up dust about it. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I know that I'm looking at this from a skewed lens. Um, I do this for a living. I can sit down and play this game for 12 hours straight. And no one's going to, you know, say anything about it. I don't have to get up to go to work, you know, things yeah. like that. So I recognize that most of the time the events that are that are created are done so with a more casual um, player base in mind. And I support that. I don't think that we need to be tailoring specifically to hardcore players because that that alienates the casual players, which make up a, a significant base. Um, but having something specific that I need to do, I feel is still within the realm of the casual player base, but it also satisfies the needs of um, specific hardcore and uh, and more no life or territory players <laughs> like myself. Well, I, I'm sure that you do have some semblance of life. I mean, you can't you can't be a personality on top and and no. I try. I'm, I'm sure in the last it, 72 hours you've probably gone outside. So to to get the mail <laughs> that counts. That counts. <laughs> it counts. I drive my car sometimes. I, yeah. I bought it in uh, I bought it in May and I've got about 3000 miles on it. I've been places. There are things that you just can't get delivered and I respect Exactly. I respect people who who want to have everything delivered but it's good to see the sun once in a while. Who knows how long it's going to be here. We could have astrophage coming at any point and sucking up the 10% of our sun and making a really weird reference to a book that I don't need to be getting into. So we are getting sapphire and emerald <laughs> gem eye patches. Those are available now, but they are locked behind commendations as far as I can recall. Uh, and we also have um, some other things that are being brought into the rest of the clothing shop that we'll dive into. But uh, as far as a time-limited exclusive cosmetic, I, I have to say that looking at the Ruby Sovereign uh, eye patch, it's not something that really compels me. If anything, I'm going to be doing the Jewels of the Deep event for the sake of having uh, some sort of tailored drive, some sort of tailored uh, focus for my different events as I go out and actually sail instead of just taking a look at uh, the different commendations that I have and seeing what I need to work on and working towards those. I like when we have events because it means that there's going to be something interesting that's unique to this time in frame uh, or this time frame right now that we're going to be working on. So I'm glad that we're going to be getting something. Um, this, as far as I recall, starts up on September 2nd and should be going till the end of the season, which I believe is still September 16th. 
uh, if folks are looking to know more about when that's coming on. Um, as we kind of move into some of the other things, this uh, next item actually kind of depends a lot on how much you want to stream. So Sam, I was hoping you could get, give us a little bit idea of what are some of the Twitch drops that we're going to be seeing in, in the near future here. Oh, sure. So it, the drops go from the 27th through the 30th. Um, and it's a lot of the Gilded Phoenix stuff. A lot of people will know the Gilded Phoenix stuff as uh, as like the the creator crew stylized items. In previous drops, we have given away um, the haul and outfits for it as well. Um, it'll be the cannons on the 27th, the capstan on the 28th, the sails on the 29th, and the flag on the 30th. Um, I personally like to do every single day of drops if I can help it. Um, and I generally go as long as I possibly can. Um, so Really appreciate uh, it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, generally, I, I start around midnight and they start around... 2 a.m. PST. Um, so I'll probably go until 8 or 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11, 12. Who knows? That's a good Who haul. Knows, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm I really love the Gilded Phoenix set. I I'm looking it's beautiful. I know it's so good. Oh, I really want them to go back and, and touch more on the creator crew concept and really, really <laughs> kind of both, man. Yeah. I think it's a great thing. I, I love the idea of, of setting up streamers for success. And I think that with the way that Sea of Thieves is able to cater to streamers uh, directly with things like Twitch drops and uh, creator crew drops, I really, really want them to go back and start building up a new generation of a generation of people who are streaming it, pirates who are streaming it that haven't been here since day one mm -hmm. or you know first anniversary or you know the the emissary updates and stuff i want people to be like i am fresh to see thieves there's a whole lot going on but i can cut my teeth by uh building up a stream and a community and bringing in their groups of people into the community so that the the game itself continues to succeed oh certainly um, I think that especially with the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, coming into Sea of Thieves, the amount of new players has just blown up exponentially because everyone loves Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, and and I think that if they're going to if they're going to make something else out of the creator crew, uh, this is a really good time to do it. Everything that they started out is fantastic as an idea. And on paper, it's great. But if you don't continue to support something over time and create more challenges, then it becomes moot. Case in point, when the creator crew came out, I was like, sure, why not? I'll do that. That's fine. Because there wasn't a partner program at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I got on the creator crew and I finished all of my creator crew commendations in two days. Man. And <laughs> again, I'm a no lifer player. So th that that is skewed. But if you intend to make Sea of Thieves an integral part of your stream, your community, your you know, everything. The creator crew, I feel, needs to be bolstered a bit and have more long-term uh, benefits. Though I think that these um, these drops, just the the appeal of them, uh, can kind of help maybe incite more of a more of a feel about the the creator crew in general, um, because it's it's beautiful. It's a really cool way to get started in creating a community. Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be the end all be all. Um, yeah. But if they continue to support it. I think that I'd have an easier time um, sticking with it, if that makes any sense. No, 100 percent. And and I think that the the combination of the creator crew giving people uh, obsidian gear that that they that they can earn by streaming and let other people earn off of that. And then having the really nice kind of Gilded Phoenix set for the Sea of Thieves partners, you see that progression. You can see a, a beginning part where you're starting out as a creator crew. You've got a couple of drops that anyone can offer 
but you want to slowly work your way up to that that partner position where you, then you get the real benefits and the real connections with the the studio to actually kind of build that relationship and then have that in turn really kind of help build your stream and, and get yourself up there as a streamer especially with a lot of people certainly. yeah I, it's it's hard to be a full-time streamer and it's even harder to get a set schedule as a streamer and having twitch drops having content uh, or creator crew drops things like that where you can say like okay I'm going to stream and I'm going to try and stream during these days because it's really going to impact how engaged the viewership is with this game. That's what's going to help me decide if it's going to be worth it to continue streaming or if I need to do something different or just see how other people are reacting with it. Oh, definitely. And that's kind of I think it helps um, people kind of get their finger on the pulse of, of what you should be doing in streaming in general. Uh, if you're looking at the drops and going, hey, I should be streaming during these times because they're enabled for me. This is going to be good for my business. That's exactly how you should be considering your business at all times. Uh, I did not become, you know, a main Sea of Thieves partner just by playing whenever I wanted to. I looked at the directory. I saw um, when I had an in and I streamed then. Even if it wasn't convenient for my sleep schedule, that's, that's just that's when I streamed because I knew that that's there was a need. Yeah. And I think that um, having drops like this for People just starting out streaming that maybe don't have a, a background in business like I do. Um, they allow themselves the the courtesy of of looking at that and and kind of thinking in the same way and also actually seeing results from it because of the bolstered drops. Yeah. And and hopefully it gives people an opportunity to find other creators out there to actually work with, uh, find a crew, you know, find like minded uh, streamers who can actually kind of help build a, a community so that you know if you if you're streaming and and someone's getting off then they have they can bring their viewership to you and you can oh, pass sure. it along to someone else and sharing that community kind of like what I'm I'm doing with the the podcast and stuff is it's a good way to help kind of make sure that the community as a whole has kind of the same mindset where we're all on the same page about how we feel about the game, what we want the game to do for us, and how we can communicate that to not only the audience, but the devs as well. Well, and what a fantastic way to, to make like-minded friends. Yeah. That we all love this game. We all love the, you know, where it's headed. And if we ever have any quarrels with where it's headed, you can have an adult conversation about it. I, I have not had an experience with any of the Sea of Thieves partners or any Sea of Thieves creator in the directory that I went out of thinking, wow, I don't agree with them at all. There's a, a finger on the pulse, so to speak, about what the community wants and what, what partners want. I don't think that um, there's much of an impasse between the two. Yeah. I know that there's some things that obviously some creators are going to go, oh, well, I don't like that because it's not great for content. Uh, but generally, uh, the the creators that are in our directory um, really focus more more on on what is important for the health of the game and not just the health of our individual streams yeah yeah and that matters a lot for something that we're all very passionate about even if we love to play other games it's it's nice to know that we're trying to help improve the status of the game through maintaining a common mindset around the community and, and making sure that you know, we I for, for so long, uh, I've I've tried to keep to the pirate code that was built up by the community for Sea of Thieves, and it's it's nice to have people come in, but I I also want to make sure that the community is strong enough to be able to say, hey, you know what, I'm I'm sure that you came from whatever gaming background you did, 
and you're more than welcome here, but there's a little bit of etiquette that, that belongs with this community and we oh, want to introduce 100%. it to you. Well, and I've noticed too, it's, it's kind of funny because, uh, when you bring that up, it's one of the things that is very interesting to me, the ecosystem that is the Sea of Thieves community, uh, because there are unspoken rules and you always know when players are either new or disgruntled and old because they do not abide by mm. certain unspoken rules. Like as a generality, and this is obviously not a, hey, you're a bad person if you don't do this. As a generality, <laughs> I think it's pretty widely known. You don't attack fresh spawns. They have nothing for you. Why would you sink a ship that hasn't even left port? Um, and tall tailors. I generally leave tall tailors alone. They're not here to do anything. They have nothing for me. They just want to experience the lore of the game. Um, yeah. And I think in general, that's not something exclusive to me. I think that a lot of people uh, generally gravitate towards the idea that fresh spawns and tall tailors, if you can help it, should be left alone. If you sink a ship and then they've got a shroud breaker, you just go, oops, and you yeah. move on because now there's checkpoints. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember this being a long standing conversation that I've had with community members. And even today, I was uh, sailing with some friends. And we found, uh, we were headed towards Ancient Spire and we found a brig and the brig, we were, it's funny because we were just before sailing over there from Thieves Haven, we were just talking about how Ancient Spire is one of those islands where it's not until you come around the island that you realize that there's another ship there. And then you're like, oh yeah, because it's so, ver like the, the verticality <laughs> of that, that particular outpost is wild. Yeah. So we, we go around, we're getting around the island and sure enough, fresh brig spawn right there. And we're in a brig too, but we're kind of, we have uh, a friend of ours that is uh, still new. He just hit pirate legend. He just hit it today. Oh, congratulations. Which is really cool. Uh, so we, it, it's one of those, like, you're trying to weigh whether or not they're going to be a threat. Like if, if you leave them alone, are they immediately going to throw up that Reaper and come chasing after your level five, uh, emissary flag or, oh, sure. or do you sink them? And then, and, and does that create the Reaper at that? Like, you know, do, well, evil... because then they'd want revenge, rightly so. Right. right? Like if, yeah. if I generally let, uh, ships like that fire at me first, because if, if I am leaving them alone because I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and I want them to, um, you know, experience the game the way that they want to experience it. The second that Reaper flag goes up, though, you're down. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're a fresh spawn. You're yeah. running Reaper flag. I'm sinking you. Yeah. And if you want to put on your cute little Reaper runners and flee <laughs> into the Red Sea, uh, that is up to you. I will piss and moan about it because that's I I have that one thing makes me upset. I don't care if anyone else runs. That is their prerogative. If you want to play the game a different way than I'm playing the game, fine. It is not up to me. I, I have no right, especially as a content creator, to expect you to play the way that I want you to play because it's good content for me. That's wrong. I love that um, you said that. <laughs> it's true, though. It, it's just it's completely and totally outside of what this game is all about. Mm -hmm. You should just be enjoying the game for what it is and experience the game how you want to play it. But if you're running an emissary, that's whole purpose is to fight and you run away from me, a level three merchant ship. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, yeah, it's antithesis to the to the point of the faction. And, and, well, and I think this has been said at nauseum, but I think the solution to that is uh, making it so that Reapers only gain rep um, and uh, and emissary flag value uh by stolen loot this is uh, this is the exact it's funny that you say that because that is exactly what falcor told me last week in the prior episode 
And I yeah, post- we've actually talked about it. I've seen with Falcorn's families, and, and Falcorn and I talked pretty much ad nauseum about how to revamp uh, emissaries and how the Reaper emissary at this point yeah. has become a catch-all for PVE yep. players. So, and you know, is there anything wrong with using the the in-game mechanics to benefit you? Absolutely not. I'm not. I'm not going to say that anyone's wrong in doing that. Um, will I get upset about it? Yes, but it's not their fault that the in-game coding allows them to do this. Yeah. So I'll if because this opportunity came up, I feel I have to bring it up to you because I would love to get a second opinion because as sure. I, I love Falcor and I respect his his opinion. So, uh, but I, I would love to have your thoughts on this. My idea uh, was not necessarily just. Uh, rewarding reputation uh, and a bonus on gold from stolen loot, but having uh, the the reputation and emissary gained from uh, stuff that wasn't stolen, so that there's still some earning there, but the the reward is is drastically diminished, so that you're not left out in a lurch by ships that are constantly running as a, a, a if you're running oh, reapers. Sure. So, but I, I do, I do 100% agree that the, the Reapers have been become that catch all. And and it's a shame because it really was the thing where everyone prior to this emissary was, was chomping at the bit to try and get a faction that rewarded PVP that, that gave, uh, uh, players a, a, a sense of, of rightfulness when they wanted to be that quote unquote pirate that they always call out. Cause it is a pirate game. When people get fussy about stolen loot, I just kind of have to laugh. Does it suck to get sunk and have my stuff stolen? Of course it does. Mm-hmm. I earned that stuff, but does that mean that they're wrong in taking it? Absolutely not. No. No, that's that's a hundred percent the whole point of having PvP with the PVE. You need both to have that equilibrium, and and it's expected. So it's 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 weird that the the Reapers came out, and the unintentional result of the way that they've developed that system is that it is purely a catch-all for everyone at this point, unless you were specifically working towards like uh, either accommodations or levels, or there happens to be a faster gold per minute earned through like gold hoarders mm-hmm. because gold hoarders are just so prolific in sea of thieves everything is is practically gold hoarders very little is actually merchant and i really wish they would do more random merchant like little trinket goodies mm. i think that that would help out or even like um crates for order of souls yeah like make rag and bone crates instead be order of souls because they're bones they really should <laughs> It's, it's why not? A, I don't see why not. Uh, I feel like fix. there's so many things that are so gold hoarder centric that like I get it. I get it for the golden glory. We have all these things, Reapers versus Gold Hoarders, Golden Glory. And the, the vaults are the most profitable thing in the game. Yeah. Um, do a roar vault and you're you're golden, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> um, but I think that if if they're going to be revamping the emissaries at any time. They would also need to revamp some of the loot that's given uh, per emissary because at this point, it's just not profitable to be order of souls at all. I'm going to pick merchant over order of souls 100% of the time. Yeah. Because most of the time I go to do a voyage that is the, you know, captain hunts or whatever, and I can't find the captains. 
Yeah. You know, like there's, there's just, there's so many things that could be revamped. Obviously game coding. I am not a game dev. I do not know how much time and effort and change that is going to be uh, in order to change those things. And is it actually worth it at the end of the day? We're talking about it, but does that mean the general populace wants that? It's, and I kind of, I think maybe a, uh, maybe a community wide survey might be in order as we approach mm. the next milestones in, within the game. Cause I think that they're adding a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that's being added that no one asked for. And they're great in theory, but until you provide content and items that the community in general wants, the efforts of those extra things that are really cool are are in vain, unfortunately. Yeah, I've I've for a while I've had the question in the back of my mind: uh, When does Sea of Thieves have enough tools? Uh, the the mm -hmm. idea is always you know tools, not rules, and I one hundred percent agree with that. But at a certain point, I've gotten to the to the point where I'm like, okay. How many radials do I need just to deal with combat or <laughs> how many things in this game are going to to counteract different effects? Like, sure, I want to sleep someone and I can use a, a grog ball for that, but I also want to set them on fire. So am I setting them on fire and sleeping them or do I want to take the time just to put two cannon shots into them and hope that one of the two there's a 50% chance that I'm going to bean one of the guys in the head and he's going to be dead anyway. Yeah. So it, I always struggle with that. But at the same time, I, I, I want to see what they do come up with because having more options is more preferable to me than not having the options. And Oh, sure. It's, it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird catch 22 that I find myself in where I'm like, no, I don't want any more tools, but I really want that one right over there. Cause that's really like, cool. But, but I like that tool. It's like walking through, uh, <laughs> walking through a home depot. You're like, I don't need any of this, but that's really shiny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do I, do I need a bandsaw? No. What do you do need? I want one? Yeah. I kind of want one. I can't. Yeah. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I keep like every once in a while I'll be in a, in a <laughs> hardware store. And I'm like, I don't have a reason for a power drill or a power washer. I live in an apartment, but man, it'd be cool if I could punch holes in walls and power spray stuff. You're like, I, I live in a third story apartment and I own a Kia Soul, but <laughs> if I had a trailer, uh, <laughs> think of I the just, stuff I could make. <laughs> there, there's so much of that, I think, in, in Sea of Thieves specifically. Everyone wants everything. Um, and, and to an extent, I can understand that. Um, there are some major rudimentary fixes that need to be made before we expand any further because games, unfortunately, um, as a live service are always riddled with spaghetti code. Yeah. You fix one thing four other things break. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast. I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. That's just how games are developed now. And especially when it's as a live service where you can't just take it down for an extended period of time. Like if, if Rare decided that they wanted to fix everything and they just took the game down for oh, yeah. X amount of time, they would lose their base. Oh, That's totally. Just, it's not a viable option. So if they have to make incremental changes to a, a game that's already riddled with spaghetti code, there needs to be some patience. Um, how long that patience uh, takes until it runs out is really the, the topic of discussion. Hit reg being the uh, ouchy hot button issue. Just yeah. pour the hydrogen peroxide over the wound here for a second. But hit reg is one of those, <laughs> you know, where it's such an incremental, um, like it, it's such like a, it's a crucial failure essentially um, because the PVP is 
one of the things that keeps this this whole thing alive. And if I can't hit someone at point blank, that gets frustrating and you lose flow. I, I went to school actually to be a, a game dev. And so I, I took a lot of classes having to do with being a game designer. And one of those rudimentary things is talking about uh, flow, about how you have to have uh, a level of difficulty uh, and a level of fun in order to maintain flow within a game or else people either get bored or they get frustrated. And yeah. I think with certain topics having to do with see if these people are getting frustrated. I don't think people are getting bored anymore. There's enough content rollouts that that the world feels flushed out and there always there's always something to do. Yeah. Um, but the frustrations arise and that is more of a, a, a breaker for communities than uh, something as, as simple as boredom. Because people can find fun. People can't just stop being frustrated at things not working. Yeah, it, it definitely. It comes down to trust and information. As long as there's engagement and we're getting the information, uh, that's great. But we have to have the trust that the information that we're being given is accurate. And mm-hmm. when it's not... Need to follow through. Yeah, when it's not, that's that's the toughest thing to ensure. And after talking to devs, I, I, I've been told numerous times that the... The amount you could have 30, 50, 100 people playing in a studio, QAing 100% of the time, eight hours a day for weeks, months, testing content. And it pales in comparison to when that goes live and you have millions, hundreds yep. of thousands of people all tackling it at the same time. And there's just no way you can QA that kind of game. And it is it is a miracle that so many games that come out are as polished as they are. And oh, 100%. <laughs> it's, it's, I look at Ratchet and Clank for the PS5, and I'm just like, that is a masterpiece. And I don't know how they accomplished it. And it still has some issues, but man, that, that is an experience of a game, just like God of War. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. But I look at Sea of Thieves and I'm like, okay, I know what I expect and I still enjoy it. So as long as I'm still having fun, that's what matters. And oh, 100%. If I lose once in a while because of a bad mistake, I'll, I will eat that. If I lose because of something with the game, it's going to sting a little bit more, but I'm going to take it on the chin because I know that for every moment up until before that, I had a good time. Oh, yeah. No, and I I, I, I view it the same way. I think that there are too many people that get so wrapped up in things needing to work like this needs to be perfect. And that's just not that's not a reasonable outlook on on a live service game, especially if it's a game that, you know, isn't live service at all. There's no continuously moving parts. Uh, You know, you can get a pass a little bit of being more frustrated. But I think when when a game is as active as Sea of Thieves is, you got to give it a break. Yeah. And they work. They work so hard. I have the utmost respect for the devs over there. Every part of the dev team, um, from community managers to, you know, creative directors. And and they're just, they work so hard. And the amount of communication that I have seen from Sea of Thieves is far higher than the communication I've seen in previous games that I have played, live service games that I've played. I, I can't think of another community truly that I have heard more actual individual conversations being had i play apex as well and you know apex has its slew of bugs and issues and sure they'll release patches and they'll let people know when things aren't working but i don't think i know the name of a single dev yeah yeah and it's it's ironic because i i dip into that game from time to time and if there was a bug i couldn't point it at it and tell you that that is a bug but that's because i am a casual player of it 
Oh, and sure. if I were to take that lens and direct it to Sea of Thieves and look at Sea of Thieves through that lens, the way that a majority of the gamers are playing this game, then 100%, they're going to look at this and they're going to say, this is a great game. There's nothing wrong with yep. it. And yep. it's it's fine because they, they don't have to deal with the things that people who are uh, more cued into what the expectation is for a game is. So oh, 100%. as long as they're having fun, that's great. I can sit there and with the ties that I have with the studio and the connections that I've made, I can sit there and say, hey, these are the bugs that I'm running into. These are what the community are telling me about. These are the things that we should that we as the community would like to have focus on for future patches and stuff like that. And that way, it just kind of trickles down to the rest of the community where the not uh, engaged who are just the casual fans of the game and drop in from once once in a while during like an update, they will still reap the benefits of it. And I think that that especially with the um the uh, the abundance of communication on socials, uh, Twitter being one of the main ones, uh, when you see people commenting on on their stuff and it's you know less than less than kind, you you kind of involve yourself especially you and i being so close to this game in general it's become a section of our lives we kind of lose touch as creators kind of on on what the casual experience really is oh yeah so when you see all these comments you fix this fix that this is broken that is broken you get this kind of skewed perspective like i said earlier uh you get a skewed perspective of what the game health is or you get a skewed perspective of what um, is required, wanted, the, the needs, wants, desires of the of the main player base, which is not me. Yeah. And and I you lose touch with it a little bit as a creator. You kind of assume everyone's having the same problems you are, and it's just not the case. Um, there's a lot of I'll use a widely known buggy game as an example: Mass Effect Andromeda. There were so many people that were upset about Mass Effect Andromeda because of the bugs. Um, I was not on Twitter at the time. I was not paying attention to the Bioware forums when they were still a thing. I wasn't paying attention to any of that. I just played the game. I was one of the select few that did not have a single bug. I'd had no issues with the game whatsoever. Visually, was it disappointing? Sure. Yeah. But as a generality, I loved that game. I really did. Yeah. Um, the characters weren't fantastic. The story wasn't phenomenal for a Mass Effect, but the game ran as I expected it to. And so when I mention Mass Effect and Drama to literally anyone else who's ever played <laughs> it, they go, oh my God, that game, what a, what a disaster. Uh, and I don't, I, I can't relate. Yeah. I cannot relate to that. It's the same thing with cyberpunk. I had zero bugs with cyberpunk. It's so funny. Not a single bug. <laughs> I, uh, so I do, I, I do a cyberpunk lore cast, um, as well for, for, uh, that game. And, and, uh, the new patch just came out and I, I, I'm looking at the list of top 10 issues that I've already run into with this latest patch that I wanted to, to bring up for the podcast before we dive into how good it's become because of this patch and it's so funny because that game is is right up my alley as far as like if you were to point at the things that logan likes that game encompasses 80 percent of them and there's probably another another group of things that i'm just like okay that's i i love mad max i love cyberpunk i say deus ex is one of my favorite game series so i'm yep mm -hmm. <laughs> so and i had tons of bugs but even with the bugs that i ran into i was like i don't care i'm gonna i'm gonna drive through this game and i'm gonna i'm gonna run into weird stuff all over the place and i don't care because i just want to experience this world 
So yeah. it, it's so funny how it goes. Ahoy there, pirates. This is the ad for this episode. And I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and content for you. With that pirates, let's get back to the show. I, I really <laughs> we've been talking for a little over an hour and I don't want to keep you forever, but I, I want to see if we can um get back to uh the patch notes because I do want to sure, get sure of course. So <laughs> this is totally my fault. I've been enjoying the conversation oh, no, too I'm... much. Again, this is all I do for a living. I got all the time in the world. This is entirely up to you, my friend. <laughs> well, don't put me on that because one of my other hosts, <laughs> Caleb, says that, uh, and, and this is notorious for Caleb, he will go until I stop him. And I didn't stop him one time and we went for four hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you got a lot to talk about, you got a lot to talk about. I'm, it, I'm not going to make anyone feel bad about that. We all love games. We all love talking about them. So it's no surprise that we get a little off track sometimes. It's it's so true. I appreciate the uh, the the <laughs> the, the understanding there. So um, with with the patch, uh, let's dive into it. We got a whole slew of new cosmetics that just dropped in, and of course, this was the Pirate Emporium update. Um, I think that it's really indicative of where Rare is with their with their content development when we start seeing uh, updates to the Emporium. This time it was the the uh, opposite of Jack Sparrow and the Black Pearl. We finally got Davy Jones and the the Flying Dutchman, but in the Sea of Thieves version of it. Mm -hmm. I I really love this this look. It is a a very uh, kind of understated look, uh, unless mm -hmm. you get the collector's figurehead and sales. I think. The collector's figurehead and the the sails are really what makes the Flying Dutchman look the way you would expect it to. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's it's kind of a bummer that it is that it has to be the collector stuff. I was looking at the essentials kit, and it yeah. it just doesn't convey the the Flying Dutchman the way that I think people want it to, which. Mm -hmm. I totally understand. Rare is a company. They have to earn money for Microsoft. They have to pay their bills. Yep. They have a contract with Disney. There has to be a return on investment. So I, I 100% understand how they feel about that. Um, I, I really hope that folks get a chance to look at this. The The bundle itself uh, is just the, the uh, $24.99 for the ancient coins. The collector's figurehead, $7.99 as usual. Same thing with the sales. Um, was this something that you were expecting or looking forward to getting with the pirate's life? Like, did you see the, the, 
the Black Pearl and think immediately like, oh, I wonder when they're going to get the Flying Dutchman or was this kind of like a nice, happy surprise? Uh, no, I was actually very excited about this. Um, I think that um, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly frank and say that I think that I like the Black Pearl stuff a little bit more. I like the figurehead more. Mm. Uh, the sales for the Cursed Ferrymanship, I wish they would have done full 3D. Yes, because it just kind of feels like what I would have done in like not not to hate on it because I understand that there's there's limitations there's always going to be and I fully understand why. Um, but my first impression with the sails, as beautiful as they are from afar, if you look super closely, it just kind of reminds me of when I used to play The Sims Two and I wanted to make a shirt in The Sims Two Studio, so I just slapped a picture on there and I was mm. like, perfect. It looks great. And, and and that was a little disappointing for me, but the the set as a whole, like on a galleon, looks incredible. I uh, my frame of reference is a sloop and a brig where the sails are very low yeah. to the to the ship deck and you can kind of just pick at it. And maybe that's just me being picky. Um it probably is to be honest. Uh but overall I think that I like the Black Pearl more um as a ship set just because it's it's simpler but it just feels like it fits other things because I'm the type of person who who throws together amalgamations of ship sets. Like I don't have one uh, continuous ship set. And a lot of people who follow me and watch my stuff know that I use the Viva Pinata uh, hull and sails. I use the Bone Crusher cannon. Don't come after me. The Bone Crusher cannons <laughs> and the Bone Crusher capstan. And then um, my my helm. She always wants the frozen uh frozen horizon stuff yeah yeah so she's got the the wheel for that so my ship is a disaster <laughs> and i fully recognize that um so when i look for ship set items i want things that will work with everything else at my disposal and i think that the black pearl fit that a little bit better but the the ferryman stuff was a very cool addition it looks really sick on the galleon I can't wait for the day when Rare adds a shuffle button to the oh ship livery box because it's it's I've got enough now where it, it would be her it would be absolutely it's horrendous. Okay, my my friend Derek does that. Um, he will before I have the chance to put the cosmetics on the ship. He will put just random cosmetics. It it's. Uh... <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. As long as people leave uh, the cannon flare off of the cannons, I'm totally fine with however the ship looks. The only the sure. only thing I ever I, the only thing I ever really want is my spinal figurehead. That's the the one I That's latch onto. One. I I just absolutely love it. It's I don't know. It's you it, know which one I missed though was the bone crusher figurehead, and I will never forgive oh. myself because I love it so much. Oh, it is. But a I don't good have one. it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I remember. I remember the uh, the the cannons that you're talking about. I I specifically remember uh, when that first came in. It had this huge dorsal fin or this big. I don't even know what it's it my was. Iron sights, man. <laughs> it works for me. I don't know what it is. Do you remember? I shoot those better than any other uh, any other cannon set. Really? See, yeah, I, and I I can chain shot like it's nobody's business. I love that chain shot. I try. It's such a good. Oh, I love that thing. Um, we're getting distracted. Uh, okay. <laughs> wasn't my fault. Wasn't me this time. No, nope, it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, okay, getting back to uh, the Emporium content, we got the Cursed Ferryman Weapon Bundle. I'm just going to blow through this real quick unless you want to uh, stop on it, but uh-huh. it's uh, $4.99 for Ancient Coin. Each piece is uh, $2.49 Ancient Coin, which I honestly, the bundle is a great way to go in that case. You're saving a lot on that as opposed to buying them separately. And I actually kind of like the little goofy stuff that they add. So if you get a chance, go into the Emporium, read the stuff that they put on there. I'm not going to take the time because we're already running long. The Condemned captain monkey which i apparently the show notes say monty but i'm not going to do anything with the monty so the captain monkey uh looks more like davy jones than the davy jones costume to me am i I agree entirely okay i was a little sad that i didn't get to have a tentacle face yeah i was actually very sad i was like well i mean it's not like they've not done creature-esque costumes before like with the uh like the krampus style yeah. You know, skeleton Christmas one. I love that one. It looks so good. Yeah. And then the Warsmith, Dark Warsmith was similar. Oh my god, it looks so that good. That one's incredible. I am I'm actually very sad that they didn't include maybe maybe that was the limitations of their their agreement with Disney. Who knows? I I, I don't know what their agreement is, so yeah. maybe that was a contingency, but I really do wish that it had been a little bit more like exactly like Davy Jones. Yeah. I either for for me, I would have had two versions. I would have gone with the the human version that was in Pirates of the Caribbean three and Mm -hmm. the squid version that was at at the very beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean two. And I would have loved to have had because even with, um, for example, the claw, like the claw for the costume is more of a hook. And I'm like, well, if you're doing a costume, like, does it need to look more hooked or can you have that crab arm just be the straight crab arm from the from the, the movie? So. I, if my hands are straight skeleton hands in other costumes, I don't. Or like the um, the Ruby Splash Tail, that haunting nightmare. Ugh. Like that looks more. It is. <laughs> that looks more like something that you would see on Davy Jones's ship than the costume <laughs> you get for Davy Jones. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> oh gosh, you said it. I didn't. I'm not gonna get the the reprimand for that. I but then I again, will. I'll take that. You know, your partner. You've got uh, places to go. It's okay. You can come back down and then move back up very easily. <laughs> I'm still at the bottom of the totem pole, so I gotta I gotta <laughs> mind my p's and q's. Uh, summer fun emote bundle. There's a Sea of Thieves uh, shot contest going on right now that I, I one of these days I'm going to win that thing if I actually find the, the perfect shot. I'm too picky about this. I'm but way too picky. Yeah. I'm, I'm a similar vein. So, but the, the summer fun bundles out, it's, it's uh, $4.99 ancient coin. I really like these emotes. I hate how much I'm liking the emotes for this game they're now. They're great, aren't they? <sighs> they're great. I love the book reading on the beach. It's, it's exactly what I do when I do go out to the beach, even though I don't ever go out to the beach because I'm usually in a room with a computer and a game console in front of me. I realize that I will go touch grass it's fine. <laughs> Reading books is awesome. Um, the the grog coconut drink, beautiful. Absolutely mm-hmm. love that one. Um, and we're getting the 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 chef's kiss uh, for free this this uh, update. So I, did you pick up the chef's kiss emote already? I did. I do like that they do the free emotes too because emotes though I use them quite a lot. I could see how other players wouldn't really need to. That used uh, to be so me. So I like when there's free ones because it allows. Uh, people that wouldn't necessarily, you know, go out of their way to purchase with real money, something like that, that allows them to kind of freshen up their uh, their emote radial dial. Totally. Yeah, it's a it's a great way to keep play- players engaged. It's a great engagement tool for marketing. For one, you're getting people oh, into yeah. the Emporium. Um, so, yeah, 
And, you know, for the folks that do want to save money on Emporium, it is tough to ask for that. We are getting an Emporium sale that's starting on August 26th, and we don't know what they are going to be, but I would anticipate them being older content that uh, has has been out for a while. So and I would expect somewhere in the neighborhood of a 15 to 20 percent discount based on past sales and stuff like that. Yeah, I would expect it to be something similar to like the old uh, rare IP ship sets and things like that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go in expecting the 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 eternal freedom set to be on sale uh, as much as that would be a great idea. What a great way to capitalize on on this right. Pirates of the Caribbean thing. Have it come out a month and a half later, drop it down, get some more sales that you wouldn't normally if that would have been a great idea. So maybe you never know. Who knows? Uh, the season two items are returning. Uh, this has been a question in in a, a bunch of our our minds whether when those uh, season two and season one cosmetics from the Pirate Emporium Plunder Pass were going to be brought into the Emporium. So those are now in. Uh, those are seven ninety nine for the figurehead and the sales, and the uh, flag is three forty nine uh, for those. So if you missed out on the plunder pass and you just wanted to pick up one or two pieces from that set, which don't know who you are, maybe you can let me know. That's a good way to go about it. Um, I just ended up getting all of the season passes and plunder passes. It's oh, easy same. enough. So I will say, um, I know that this is not generally a favored topic or a favored um, opinion rather uh, amongst hardcore players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am really happy with their choice to allow people that weren't here for certain items to still obtain them. I know that a lot of older players like the exclusivity of having things uh, that other people do not. Uh, but I personally, I feel that it is better for the community as a whole to allow them via other means if they do so choose. Uh, and that's not me just being bitter about not having the bone crusher figurehead. Uh, but can I please have the bone crusher figurehead in an event or something? I, I just I, personally, I know that people really like exclusivity. People like having something other people don't have. Uh, but personally, I think part of what makes this game amazing is the fact that there's really not anything that differentiates you with a newer player besides experience in the game. Yeah. And I think that that should extend to cosmetics because it's not giving them a bonus. Having a big old Kraken skull on the front of your ship doesn't make it easier for you to kill Krakens. It doesn't It doesn't give you an upper hand in stats. Your ship doesn't go faster. It's not sturdier. So I don't see a problem with allowing players that weren't able to get the plunder pass or weren't around for XYZ cosmetic to be able to get them through other means. I 100% agree with you, even though all of my community tells me I'm wrong. And I, <laughs> I hey, you know, <laughs> everyone is entitled to that opinion. You are okay to say, hey, I, I earned that. I've been here for X amount of time and they're new. And I feel like I should have something that allows me to say, I've been around since the beginning and I love this game. I fully understand that. It's one of the reasons why we have the day one eye patch. And the million eye patch. We've got certain things that you can only get by having been here at specific milestones. And I think that's a good thing. Maybe they need to include that into ship cosmetics. But I really don't think that that something as, as bland as a figurehead needs to be something we're fighting about exclusivity-wise. I can definitely see... I, I again, 100% agree with you because I'm of the same mindset. I'd rather... If anything, I would rather have uh, past events 
Um, and, and if people don't believe me, the receipts are in the podcast, so you can go back and listen if you don't believe me. But <laughs> I have said that I would love to have past events uh, refurbished and brought back as big events. So oh, I love that it, it would be I would love to have the old cursed sales event be an important thing, even if it was just an additional type of story that progressed the lore further. I would love that. But have past rewards, even if and to, to satisfy my fans uh, who are listening, who want to keep their their uh, items maintained, we'll do color variants. I'm totally yeah, do a variant. I don't have a problem with that. That's I, fine. I, yeah. And it's such a it's such a, a, a touchy topic and not touchy topic, but a a hotly debated topic about exclusivity. Why is it important? What does it mean to others and when others should be allowed to have things like that so i it's it's nice to see at least with season two the 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 stuff that they promised was coming to the pirate emporium at one point is actually making it back into there we sure. still those are going to be under the special shipwright section so if you dig into the ship section of the emporium that's where you guys are going to find that old stuff if you happen to miss out on it well and honestly i think if if we're going to answer the question about you know exclusivity and, and where it becomes necessary to maintain it i think maybe even just having a, a big event like a a grueling event like a flame heart times four or something that you do have to spend a certain amount of time prepping for kind of like heists in grand theft auto mm -hmm. let's say you do something similar to that in sea of thieves and then you have a random drop like a looter shooter would and maybe there is a very small chance you get a legacy item mm. I don't see a problem with that. There's there's still some exclusivity. You're like, hey, well, I don't have to do that to get mine. Yeah. Maybe make it a color variant, you know, something subtly different. But there's ways that you can go about making things readily available for players that didn't have the means to be able to participate when those things were originally given out without upsetting the balance. It's not like here's $5 and, you know, yeah. get this cursed sales your head so now everyone has them and they're no longer special make them a rare drop then i don't know do something like that that'd be fine yeah totally i i could just, i could see i would much rather have there be a yes but than a no when it comes yeah, to stuff exactly. like that So moving into the rest of this, um, there's going to be a couple new sets out there for folks that love to mix and match their uh, their outfits. Um, so keep an eye out in the clothing shops for the Thriving Wild Rose set and the Hardy Ruffian Sea Dog set, which I, I, I'm i a huge fan of the Ruffian Sea Dog set, the the shirt that they have there. I just I love the way it looks on my pirate. It's it's amazing. Um, and there's a couple other sets that are getting some stuff. We talked about the Sovereign Eye patches that you can earn through commendations. The mm -hmm. Dawn Hunter set is getting some additional uh, options put in that are locked behind commendations. Um, I love when they introduce things that help try to draw focus to the reputations and the commendations that are old. It kind of brings back that idea of like, this is something that's new, but you have to go do something old to unlock it and mm -hmm. gives gives players focus uh, when there's not necessarily something like an event that's actually driving the engagement with the actual game. Um, did you want to dive through some of these rapid fire notes and pick up a couple if you want? I mean, sure. Uh, I know that we talked a little bit about the hit reg on moving ships and, and all that stuff. I understand that there's a lot of moving parts. I'm glad that they're starting to work on that a little more. In previous patch notes, it was always kind of stuck down below in the known issues section. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, that's all fine and good. Being aware of a problem is the first step in fixing it. Uh, but I'm glad to see that they're actually starting to uh, put in the time to uh, to to start really tackling it. It's such a big 
and and daunting issue to tackle, but I'm glad that they're starting out on it. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's nice that they're it's a lot of moving parts, just like you said. So it's really beautiful that they're doing this. They're also uh they finally did the thing that I think everyone was hoping they would do sooner than uh rather than later, and they finally turned down the island uh oh in, in see in enemy encounters. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's nice not to get uh accosted every time you step off your ship, uh, whether it be in the water or on the islands. It was always I'm just trying to dig up a chest, man. Only forty <laughs> crabs and and seventeen phantoms to firing squad me all at once. Yeah. I just don't need that. It's it's the fun irony of saying, Rare, we need more enemy types in the game and they're like, oh I'm like, are you sure oh, about that? You really want that? Is that he what wants, you really, really want? It's, you want some enemy types? I'll, the, I'll show you some enemy types. And you're like, no, please. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Somewhere in the rare studios, a monkey paw curls one finger and you're like, no. <laughs> Why? So uh, the, the this was okay. So this one was a bummer for me. The Trident of Dark Tides does a lot less damage to the Megs and Krakens, and I have some lore I don't reasons know why. why. They that. I know it doesn't make sense. So in my mind, and maybe you can uh, feel free to disagree with me, but in my mind, if I was a siren and I had to swim around the ocean with megalodons and krakens, and I had a magical trident of dark tides. That thing is going to do damage to the thing that I encounter the most, which is sharks, megalodons, and krakens. Yeah, it should be specialized to combat those things, not yes. to be weak against them. Yes. So I and and we I was playing today, annihilated uh, mermaid statues like it like a hot knife through butter. It was beautiful, like chef's kiss emote. For which is the exact opposite, because like <laughs> didn't they build those? So that they yeah, it's <laughs> it's an interesting choice. I, I would kind of wish that they'd maybe not like been so hasty to reduce the damage on that because it was. I, guess the, I just don't know why they thought that was the specific thing they needed to do. If, no one was complaining about it. No, no, no one was. I mean, if anything, I would have said, OK, we, we, we just introduced the Fort of Fortune. Everyone is annihilating uh, the, the, the skeleton lords and the flame lords with the, the tridents of Dark Tide. Let's kind of reduce the damage dealt to skeletons and we'll kind yeah. of address that and then leave the Megs and Krakens alone because that can still be a valid threat when you're out and about. Like when you're dealing with skeleton lords and stuff like that, you're going to be on the island. You're going to die. You're going to respawn. Yes, but your islands aren't going to be over there. Yeah, your your ship's not going to be in, in danger. But when you're out on the ocean, if you're being chased and you get crackened uh, and megged, that the, the trident is perfect. It's like, great. I have this one thing that was developed by the the thing that was in the water against this thing. Yep, it, it and should it be good. does nothing now. Honestly, I mean, even if you're going to reduce the damage, give it a perk. Like, make it so that the Trident of Dark Tides is to deter. So Ooh. if you get a Megalodon that that hops out of the water and goes, hey, I'm here. Oh my God. If oh you my hit God. it with a level three, yes. it it goes away yes make oh. it a deterrent instead of it just because i i get it don't want to kill them too quickly because they now they drop a yeah. significant amount of loot not the krakens but you know we got, <laughs> don't have time don't have, don't have time to talk about the kraken right yeah. now another episode uh, but <laughs> an entirely new episode um but make it a deterrent then what if if you don't want it to kill them quickly because you think that the loot table will be imbalanced as a result 
then make it so that you can you can just I don't want to deal with you right now, Megan. Shoot him with the dark tides. Try and makes it easier when you get rared when you're doing a PvP encounter. Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. shoot the the Meg and it goes away, so you can continue your fight with the other ship. It I don't see a problem with that. It it should be it it could you could totally. What do you think of this? I just I was just thinking about you. You cracked open that nut, and I'm taking out the 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 tasty <laughs> bits, and I'm and I'm offering this to you as an idea. We don't have an alternate fire for the the dark uh, for the 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 uh trident but what if you could left or not left click but right click because if you left click it should bring it up to aim aim downsides mm -hmm. as usual but what if you could right click it and it brought out this aura and this aura pulsed and that was what deterred it so if you did get krakened or megged you could use the trident and it, you would have to hold it down so you'd have to mm -hmm. be like up at the front of the ship kind of like the shroud breaker with the shroud yeah and you could deter the that that thing, and that was you know that was how sirens didn't get eight. Sure, and I would say maybe that that sort of thing could be a one-time use. Yeah. So you're not going to have you know just a forever deterrent, so you never get megged. Yeah. Or you never get crackened because that's unrealistic. Um, but let's say um, you get megged or whatever, and then you use it the meg goes away and then it fizzles away like it always does. If we can't sell them and they're just going to fizzle away and I'm not running into situations where I'm using them on, on enemies, I might as well let them fizzle away by accruing them over time so that I don't get megged. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I, 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 I'm I glad that you agree with me on this. I think that we need to have this pushed out to rare so that they do something with it and and come back with some good results. We're not doing this rapid fire at all. These are not very <laughs> these rapid. These are not rapid fire. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. That was such a good idea, though, that you you really nailed it with that one. Um, sp uh, ships spawning at GSO Ancient and Sanctuary Outposts are now closer to the dock. I, I love that I so love much. It. I'm so sick and tired of falling off my ship. If it's I, docked. I didn't even do this. I park it a second time so that I can get onto the ship. I don't understand. Yeah. What's, you know, it's, it, it, this kind of goes back to the idea of, of having trust with the, with the devs. I, I jumped on a brig today and the brig was farther than it should have been for, oh no. for even a jump towards the ladder. So if, if you guys are listening, which I know you generally are, please just double check some of the analytics on that. Cause I, I did have some instances where like my sloop, beautiful, like mm, yeah. free mm -hmm. chef kiss emote. It was, it was perfect. The the brig was a little far. It was uh, sanctuary, wasn't it? No, it was GSO. Really? Oh, see, Golden Sands is a fussy one for me. I would mm. say that um, I would say that Ancient Spire is the one that I have the most consistent yeah. uh, with it being closer. Yeah. Um, the the shores of plenty outposts. One, they look way too similar to one another, and I get confused. <laughs> um, but also, um, I just I found that I, most of the time when there are outpost issues, I have them in the shores of plenty. Interesting. I'm going to have to start paying attention to more to that then. Okay. Sharks no longer chase players out of the sea and swim up onto beaches. Thank goodness. <laughs> Glad to see it. Um, emergent skeleton captains should now drop riddle and X marks the spot variants of gold hoarder voyages when defeated. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, that's better than always having just a random riddle. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, ancient coin wallet. I noticed this when I got in. I really love this because I think this Me is too. going to be really nice when you finally kill an ancient skelly and you could and actually... And it actually tells you how many you made because I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Could it be three? Could it be, you know, 700? I don't know. Yeah. 
I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I did notice, though, that they made the font for that a lot bigger. Or is that yes. just me? No. It's way bigger now. It's way bigger. I've, I felt like I had to dig into the settings because I'm like, did I bump this up? Did, did I? Did they reset it? to? No, it still said as smaller. So the, the activity log up in the top, you know, left is fine. But yeah. now I feel like the gold log is way bigger. It's almost like annoying. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty big. Thankfully, I don't ever run into anything weird up in that corner of the screen. So I don't, no, I don't either. notice it. But man, yeah, I was a little, I was a little taken aback by how big it was. When I like got in it. my eyes. Are they finally going? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, killing an Ashen Lord during a Fort of Fortune encounter will now correctly progress the Ashen Winds commendations. I did Yay! not do all of those when they came out. I am so glad that this is finally working because, boy, that was painful when it, when we realized it didn't work. It really turned yeah. me off to the Fort of Fortune. And I'm going to be honest, I did finish all of mine before the Fort of Fortune uh, came to be. And I am a little salty that I had to spend so much time <laughs> trying to find Ruth. And oh. now I could just find her anytime I do a Fort of Fortune. You know, when the when the Ash or when the Skeleton Lords came out with uh, the Mutinous Helmsman and the uh, Two-Faced Scoundrel and um, the, oh, ugh. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, the Duchess. The Duchess. Yes. Duchess was so hard for me to find. Yes. So when they oh came my out, God. yeah, when, when they came out and you had to kill skeleton fleet or skeleton uh, forts to, to get them to spawn and stuff, it was at that point in the game when I realized I am done like spamming these things to try and kill yep. these commendations. I'll get them when I get them. I'll get them when I get That was when I realized I was like, you know what? This is a long-term goal. This is how I'm going to approach the game from now on because this is how they're designed. They're developing it for long-term engagement, mm -hmm. not grinding it out all the time. We got to get back to these notes. Oh my God, what oh. am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> um okay. you know, everything was coming up Horatio for me, so I just I just stopped doing it. <laughs> I feel like that's a movie line and I don't know why. <laughs> Everything's coming up Millhouse. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh my god. Okay, so hitting an opponent's harpoon with a cannonball should no longer block the hole from taking damage. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh replace gamer tag and crew nameplate options have now been made with a key bind. I'm so glad for that. Thank I'm you. So sorry to the P to the to the console players out there. My apologies. I understand the pain of not having a million keys to be able to set up keybinds for. Um, double letters of recommendation. Uh, something that I I would imagine as a streamer you probably don't care too much about because you've you've probably spent enough time playing that you've leveled out all of your uh, uh, reputations. I would imagine the only thing that I'm leveling up via letters is Sea uh, Dogs because I don't care about arena yes. whatsoever. Delete the mode. Delete the mode. I, I can't. I can't stand it. <laughs> Delete the mode. And, and honestly, I'm a, I'm a hundred percenter in games. I like to have uh, everything. Yeah. And so knowing that I have some cosmetics that are permanently locked mm -hmm. uh, does make me sad, but oh, yeah. I'm also just not willing to go through that. Also, being a creator, I don't play Sea of Thieves offline because uh, I want to keep it fresh and I want all of my experiences to be had with my community. Yeah. Um, and so I don't play offline and the rate of stream sniping in Arena is far too high. Oh, I'm yeah. just not going to do it. Yeah, it's it's bad enough just like I was uh, just dealing with the the game in general, like still getting stream snipes, still uh, still an issue for for folks, and it's it's such yep. a pain. I don't well, and not to play this card, but being being a chick in a directory can get pretty toxic. It oh, just 
That's not a card. I generally <laughs> don't have a problem with it. I, I will say, but uh, you know, one of my I will still tonight. talk. Oh, really? It's oh, unfortunate. Yeah, but it, but it, what is it? It wasn't even. It wasn't something that it was. Uh, it wasn't something where they were being harassed. It was the fact that she was a woman and she was mm-hmm. laughing at a couple of guys who were doing something stupid because they couldn't get their ship out. They literally took offense to it, and he even admitted on the ferry because we we were chasing after them to get revenge. Because obviously, you're going to kill my crewmates. We're going to go after you. Yeah, of course. They were in. You shot the first shot, man. That's not my problem. (laughs) But they were in our alliance. We had had a good engagement with them already and they got triggered. He admitted to it and then was and then sunk our ship because one of the female uh, players decided to laugh at them. And I thought that they had fought. uh, I thought that they fired first. And then I found out that it was that. And I was like, oh, God, I have to be I have to be political about this. I can't because if otherwise we're just going to have a constant fight and. It was it was one of those things was like the guy apologized, but he didn't apologize to the person that it mattered to. Because, of course, yeah, yeah. you can't do that. Can admit fault to the person that you hurt. Now, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm with you uh, with with Arena. I, I enjoyed it back when it was the first iteration of Arena. And it was a lot more of a balance between you need people that are good at, at digging up chests and you need people that are good at uh, PVP. And yeah, the only time I did Arena was uh, Twitch Rivals. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I, I have a couple more of these uh, letters of recommendation that I have to pick up to level out my 50. And then eventually I'll go in there when I'm willing to suffer it and uh, and, and get those items. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, after passing through the tunnel of the damned, the first emote a player uses on arrival at the new location should no longer make people invisible. Why is this a thing? Honestly, there's a couple of those in the patch notes because I read through them with my community that I just kind of was like, how are people finding this out? Yeah. There was this one where it was like, um, while passing through the tunnel of the damned, uh, players can no longer fall off the ship by hopping onto a rowboat in a brig and then jumping out. Like, who's doing this? (laughs) And, And I will say one of those was something that I had found and I had reported and it was jumping onto the, um, accidentally jumping onto the, uh, the quest table Mm. in a brig will pop you up to the front, the top of the, yeah. The ship deck. We accidentally found that because we're stupid and we like to jump (laughs) around a lot. Um, but like there's some of these things and I'm like, how did you, what? <laughs> yeah, the the amount of emote breaking that people can do with animations oh and stuff is is when insane. When the emote came out at first, I had somebody who went invisible on on my ship deck, oh. um, and I could they were slashing at me, but I couldn't see them. Yeah, it was just it was so annoying. Yeah, it's things like that that really break down the enjoyment of the game, which at the, it, it's no different than cheating, even though they're not using actual cheats. And it's just like they're just breaking the game and I hate yeah, it so much. At, at what point does a, a a failure within the game's coding become an exploit? Like that's kind of a topic of debate that's gone around recently with Sea of Thieves. Like I know there's a lot of tools not not rules and, and, you know, a lot of, of conversations surrounding what people consider exploits. And there are some pretty ridiculous ones. Um, but I, I think that some of these things being fixed as obscure as they are, are good moves in the right direction. So let's, okay. So you bring up a really good, uh, 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 transition into the fact that animation cancels for buckets and digging has been removed, which yes. I, I think is a really interesting way to phrase it because it's, it's, 
they're they are actually removing the animation cancel i never double bucketed but i always double digged because i'm i'm okay. very much the the fan of i love going out and finding treasure that's just for whatever reason it hits that that little uh oh i'm blanking on the word for it but it hits that thing in my that serotonin in my level or no yep. is it serotonin Okay. I think so. Yeah, it gives you the happiness. It gives yes. you the warm fuzzies. You're like, I love this. Yes. This makes me smile. I love running around with the stupid compass and trying to figure out. It's like a little, a little Sherlock Holmes puzzle for me, and I just, oh, I, I, I love I that. I love digging up treasure. I'm, I'm of the same persuasion. Awesome. So when I lost the ability to double dig today, and I was actually going through the motions, I was I like, tap it. I'm like, oh no, uh, I can't do. I can't and, do and it. To be honest, I never double bucketed or can't, like cancel bucketed either. Like that's just not a thing that I ever did. Yeah. Um, one, because I, I, my mouse um, that I use is a Corsair scimitar. Mm-hmm. And so I've got 12 buttons on my thumb and all <laughs> of my stuff is, is done for the most part on my thumb. Yeah. And so there's some, there's some lag there just because it's not the original key binding. And for some reason, it just doesn't work the same way. Uh, so I've never been able to juggle loot. And for some reason, I can't double bucket, but I can double dig. Um, the double bucketing, I think, was was a thing that I was not so happy with it being in there. So I'm happy that it's gone uh, because, you know, it's one thing to dig up treasure quickly. Yeah. It's another thing entirely to never sink yep. when in a PvP encounter. It breaks so the flow. I, I, exactly. I think that removing the double bucketing was a good thing. Um, I don't see why they felt the need to... Maybe they go hand in hand. Maybe it was part of the coding that, that it, they just kind of went together. And if that's the case, fine. I understand. Um, but if there was something where they were like, man, I hate how fast this person's digging up this treasure all by themselves. I, I you know, I just, <laughs> I can't sympathize. Yeah. What I will, I will say is, uh, I, while I never double bucketed, I understand the, the draw for it because there is a level of skill that's involved with being able to do that. But because it's not accessible to everyone, much like being able to shoot through certain things with certain weapons, these are things that need to, yeah, you, you need to have uh, proper expectations for the tools that are in the game, not just the ones that people have figured out how to break. And I agree that that expectation is what maintains the trust within the studio and the code in the game and what your expectations are. So as much as I hate the fact that double digging is gone, I think this is a great opportunity to take a look at the dig time for a lot of the chests that are out in the world. Maybe they could be 10%, 15% more uh, or, or dug up faster at this point. Let's well, adjust. Threats, I need to get off that island stack. <laughs> <laughs> I think that increasing the dig speed would not be such a problem. I think that when digging up treasure and fighting over dug up treasure on islands was the only thing we really did, um, that made sense. Yeah. It takes a little bit more time, especially if you got a bigger crew. But with the way that people play the game now, I don't think that the the speed in which people dig is uh, consequential. I think we could speed it up. And it's a lot, even if it was, even if you didn't want to mess with the animations and you kept the animation the same, all you would have to do is adjust how much is dug up with one dig. And I think that would solve the problem is is just as, and then, then you don't have to play around with you know, how fast things are digging. It would dig at the same time, but it would just be quicker because of how much is dug up. Um, Galleon digs are just... 
They're brutal. Oh my goodness, they're a pain. And it's I get it. The original mentality was, hey, you guys are all digging up this treasure together. So four people are digging at once. That's not the case. It, let's say me and my crew of, of, of four, or including myself, go to smugglers and there's six X's. We're not all going to go to the same X one by one. We're going to our own individuals. And that's just going to take so much time to dig because it's one person digging for four people. Yeah. Does yeah. make sense. And it's interesting because they spent so much time uh, during the early days of development making sure that if two people dig a chest, it did actually impact the dig time. And that was a very key por- point to building that uh, crew like mentality. You would all go out and you would dig a chest and you'd work on the riddle and stuff. But as the game has grown, as we become more familiar and the knowledge base has gr- has, has improved with where mm-hmm. places are and how we've been able to survive better because of different fruits and things like that. It definitely needs to be addressed because it's yeah. it's in a much older mindset and with three years worth of time in, in, in enemies and stuff like that, we, we should definitely sure. take a look at it. But as far as the, the cancels, it's gonna take a little getting used to just the way, the same way that the barrel system change had, mm-hmm. but we're human beings, our minds are amazing, we can adapt. Yeah, and, and I don't think that in the long term it'll be an issue. No, I think um, as things go on, it'll just it'll be what's double bucketing, what's double <laughs> digging. What what does that mean? Because yeah. it's the same sort of thing that they fix with a lot of the double gunning uh, back when that was a, a major exploit issue. Not not saying double gunning's an exploit because it's not. Use the tools that you have available to you. Uh, but when people were using macros and, and yada yada yada. Um, that, that was something that was relatively alleviated. And now there's a a slew of, of people that don't know what that is. And that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. We will adapt and we'll change over time and it'll be fine. Um, I think that if, if you are going to be stuck in your ways in a game like Sea of Thieves, you will lose 100% of the time and you probably <laughs> won't stay in the community anyway. It's true. Very much so. Um, speaking of stuck in, in the ways of how we're doing stuff, um, have you been seeing any weird islands on your map table? Because Yeah. I I, mm-hmm. I swear I could. I swear I'm old enough in this game that I could probably tell you what an island is just based on the shape. But I've seen a couple weird ones and I'm not the only one. You've seen a couple weird ones. <laughs> we talk about how uh, uh, you, you mentioned a great term, which I think is, is very apt. Uh, spaghetti code, where mm-hmm. you start twirling that spaghetti around and things start getting pulled and you start realizing how many things are attached to, to the simple things that, you, that shouldn't be impacted. But for some reason, if you haven't seen this some of the islands out there have been misrepresented, which it looks like someone went and literally copy pasted a couple islands on top of each other. And we've been seeing some weird islands. So uh, if you see this, please head over to seeathese.com, head over to the support section. You'll see a specific button that says report issue or report player. Yeah. Let them know what the circumstances were right before you noticed it and what you know, what if you could resolve it and let them know what's going on because they need to know like the, the situation around when you happen to mm-hmm. see a really broken island. But I'll be honest, it's kind of funny. Well, and, and let's let's be perfectly frank here. Generally, the the populace that plays this game like to be surprised. We like when we find new things. We like when when Rare reveals something that is just so cool that they've kept under wraps of like Pirates of the Caribbean. They did a phenomenal job of keeping that under wraps. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I think that the community as a whole, though, these are funny and we like finding them out and we like it, you know, trying to figure out why things are going on. I don't want to know what that island is all about. <laughs> I want to find out when they're ready to tell me. Yeah. So if you see these things, please do report it because then we get to experience it for the first time and actually experience it. Cause why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to see it for the first time? When it's ready to be seen. Yeah, I I definitely remember when people were finding ways to break into the shores of gold before anyone knew what the shores <laughs> of the gold was. And I was like, and and I will be 100% honest. I went and I broke myself into there and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I went and I messaged, <laughs> I went and I messaged uh, uh, Mike Chapman and I was like, Chapman, I saw it. I'm sorry, but I saw it. I can't wait. Here's it's how so I good. did it. Yeah, you need to fix that. Yeah. Well, and there's nothing wrong with people breaking things to to fix things or to let people know. Yeah. It's when they break things to then reveal all the cool stuff. Or, that just Yeah, or or abuse something, you know. If you're mm -hmm. breaking something to abuse it to get an advantage, then that's not cool. Let's let's like, just what, play the game. You, imagine cheating in a video game and right? also still being bad at it. Like how <laughs> Man, I do that enough in Apex. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so glad I'm not privy to that kind of stuff. Um, oh, man, it, it's not so bad, but you can get a feel once you're like mm. proficient in a game and its mechanics. You can get a feel for when something just doesn't feel right. I can like, just... I know that generally Sea of Thieves doesn't normally have an issue with yeah. like, you know, the, the aimbots or, or what have you, but you can feel it when it happens. Yeah. You're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's there's been a couple uh, a couple eye of reach bunny hoppers on Reaper's mm -hmm. Outpost where I'm like, okay, I don't even see them. What the heck? And like they're and like generally, I'll be like, okay, well that was my bad. I haven't played next amount of time, or I know for a fact my eyes don't see things the way that they should. Um, I can't play games like Battlefield or like Call of Duty oh, where no. there isn't an outline on characters. I can't do it because I cannot see people. Oh, it's like I you can see the forest or the yep. trees in my own life, but not visually. I, I <laughs> it's odd <laughs> how much I relate to that, and I and just I'm can't see that they're invisible to me. Yeah, until they're right in my face, I'm like, oh, well, I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm amazed whenever I see like Josh M or or uh, Andy Preston post their COD clips on Twitter because I'm just like, dude, how did you even see that? Oh, that's the same thing with Hunt Showdown. I wish I was good at that game, but the whole color palette is brown. Yeah. I can't see anything there. Yeah, it's rough. Um, tangent. Okay. Uh, back. <laughs> uh, it's it's a problem. I have a huge problem with guests oh, getting onto tangents. Too, man. It's, it's fine. <laughs> You're in good company. Awesome. Um, okay. So the last thing that I wanted to jump on to that was uh, from the, the actual patch notes that I wanted to cover today was uh, when voting to represent a trade company as an emissary, a vote will now only show at the outpost it was voted on preventing a crew from passing a vote when not together. This seems weird and targeted to me. The way that they took the doubloons out of the Maiden's Voyage, I really wish I understood why you can't vote on an emissary table. If I happen to be turning in treasure at Plunder and I dropped off my rowboat, I'm turning it in, we're done with that emissary, and then uh, my crew is off at GSO and we want to switch tables because they've got the rest of that loot. And mm -hmm. 
they drop their portion I, I want to be able to drop help drop the flag because that's the whole point of the emissary system we're voting for the emissary system it shouldn't matter what representative i talk to when i'm mm -hmm. voting for that emissary they should know that it is okay you're putting yours here they're putting theirs there and we can switch even though we're at two different outposts i don't understand this this change is this something that you've run into and if so the the thought process i had with it and maybe i'm wrong in this Maybe I've just got a little too much uh, personal experience with it that I'm interpreting it wrong. Mm -hmm. But when I used to run Reapers a lot, um, I would be a Reaper and I would chase emissary ships. And there was a, a I don't want to say it's an exploit because it's within the game, but there was a there was a thing that people were doing where they would have someone vote before they left port to lower the flag. And when they would lower and then they would just have in order to keep me from having the flag in the first place, mm -hmm. they would have that player quit or one player that didn't vote quit. No. So then they would lower it when they didn't even have to be at an outpost. Oh, because mm. there were enough votes to lower <laughs> and they were doing the same thing except opposite with Reapers. So we'd have you know two people uh you know the minimum threshold yeah. um vote for reapers and then they would just sail along without a without an emissary and then the second they spotted someone with a flag that they wanted a person would quit they would raise reapers while on open ship on the open sea and then they would join back in so what I'm assuming is that that might be what they were trying to avoid, because that's something that I know that I have reported over and over again. It's frustrating uh, to chase a ship for X amount of time just so that one person can, you know, quit the game and then they lower their flag at open sea. Um, but like I said, I may be a little too close to this this particular topic and I, I could be interpreting it wrong. No, um, that's what it read to me. That is something I've I've never run into that. And this is a well, you're lucky. <laughs> a great I'm so glad that you're here to explain this for me because this would have been such a question mark in my mind. And I, I read it and I was like, that seems strange. I have a legitimate reason why I would want to be at a different outpost with my crew at another outpost and we would want to swap emissaries. But this was something I've I've never come across. This, so I'm so glad that you're here to of give course. example because I, I couldn't think of why this made sense and it felt so targeted. That I was just like, yeah, there's gotta like, be a reason. Oh, so, I, so I can't, I can't help my crew out unless I'm there. Which yeah. I mean, I guess makes sense if we if we go back to uh, the things that we love about this game being, you know, the the analogous, uh, you know, themes mm -hmm. where everything needs to be done a certain way in order for you to be successful. I understand that maybe that would make sense that in the real world, if you were to vote, let's say, on on something, you'd want to be in the area that you're voting. Yeah. That would make sense. Uh, but it doesn't seem like something that would need to be uh, changed in patch notes in a video game if there wasn't a problem associated with it otherwise. Yep. So that would mean that, let's say, if you were doing what I would stated, um, that means you would have to stay in and around the outpost that your crew had originally voted. Makes so much sense now that you've, I'm so glad that you got a chance to, to talk about this because I was wondering why I have a reason. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I totally, I, I totally respect this, this change in that case. I will just have to take a mermaid and jump back over to my ship and leave whatever thing I was doing at that outpost and 
and do it the old fashioned way. So I'm, I'm well, and honestly, if that's not what it is, if I'm misinterpreting it, I'll do a little bit of testing here in the next few days just to see if that is what it is. And I'll let you know if it's not. Um, but generally, that's kind of what I got from it, because the second I read that, I immediately thought, oh, my God, people can't just lower their flag and open sea. But maybe they can. We'll find out. I would I would love to get some feedback and I'll, I'll probably see if I can test this as well, too, because I'd never considered that as a as an option. I remember having things like that happen, but it was always like the end of the night everyone's done and one person leaves and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot that we put that, that dagger down, like, I guess. Oh yeah. Crap. Mm. Now I got to go. Yeah. Put, oh, well, I'll just leave a level one flag. And that's perfectly innocent. That's perfectly fine. Um, it's, it's more so when, when people are doing it as a way to uh, negate being caught. Yeah. It's the same thing as running into the Red Sea or holding onto the shroud breaker yeah. for easy escapes in the roar. Like there, again, it's not something that is outside the game mechanics. So I can't fault anyone for doing it. It just doesn't feel very nice to have it done to you. No, it's it, funny you bring up the shroud breaker. It happened with that crew that we were chasing. They took the stuff and they were headed towards the, the shores of gold. And my crew was chasing after them. We had enough. Uh, we, it was a brig against a sloop heading into the wind. And I'm like, I know exactly what they're doing. I don't have yep. the tall tail chapter point to be able to follow them into the into the Red Sea. So I, we're kind of SOL at this point. Yeah, I guess we just lose it. Yeah. OK, last thing I wanted to touch on real quick. Uh, we finally got some solid numbers on that Twycross Zoo fundraiser that I brought up a, a few episodes back. 40,000 pounds or 40,560 40, pounds and 57 cents. I'm amazed. So many people bought so many pets during that one weekend. So good. So cool. I love calling this out. It's one of the things that I, I if, if we're going to buy stuff in the Emporium, I absolutely support the proceeds going to charity from time to time. I still want them to do breast cancer awareness. It's the I one. Agree. That we haven't gotten. I still want that pure pink set with the big rainbow or the big oh, uh, bow. I would love that. And and to be honest, I think that even though I, I recognize that the Emporium is meant to to bring in money for a live service game, and that's perfectly reasonable. It is a business, yep. and I'm never going to be upset with a business acting as a business. Uh, but I think if they did a a full like a year long running X amount of percentage of proceeds from the Emporium period oh. would go towards maybe a community voted charity per Ooh, year. I like this. I like where I don't that's see going. why that wouldn't be something that everyone would jump on. You vote at the beginning of the year around, you know, Christmas time, New Year's or the fiscal, you know, Q1, whatever you want to do. And the community votes on what charity the, you know, I don't know, 1%, 2% of the, of the, uh, proceeds made from Emporium. And then at end of, of Q4, fiscal Q4, they give it to that charity. That'd be cool. I, I, that, I like that. that would still be a substantial donation Yeah, being one or 2%. It wouldn't dip into their, their Emporium nest egg too deep. And it's something that the community voted on. Yeah. I would, in, oh man, if I could, if we could get into the altruism and, and, and just push Microsoft to be like, Hey, Microsoft, this is what the community supported this, uh, this, this, um, charity for. Can you match it and we'll all win? Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, uh, why not? <laughs> they got millions. They got trillions. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. <laughs> they got it. It's cool. What does it matter? What is, what, what's a couple million between it's friends? Fine. 
right. Microsoft, if you want to send me millions of dollars, I will happily accept uh, uh, it. Okay. Please, um, I'll pencil my name in for that. That'd be that'd be super. Yeah. Thanks. Sam and Logan request two million split two million evenly. Dollars? Uh, Sam, I've had an absolute blast chatting with you. I'm so glad that you you broke out some time for me. Thank you so much. Um, please, if, if people don't check the show notes, I want them to hear this before the episode ends. Where can they go to watch your stream? Where can they follow you on social media? Uh, for social media, I am Smexy TV because Smexy is always taken. And on Twitch, I'm just Smexy, S-M-E-X-I. Uh, I generally play Night Owl status games, but uh, but I'm around. I'm generally around 24-7. I don't sleep. <laughs> sleep is for the week, which is... Yep. I'm very weak. I need my sleep. Yeah. And say, I'm a... Uh, I am a centuries-old vampire, or so my community says, so I don't need sleep. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm willing to join that coven because I, I would love to not have to sleep for things. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for of being... Of course. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's, it's trust me. The, the honor's all mine. I, I can't wait to, to, to see how the Twitch drops go for everyone, and, and I will definitely be lurking in chat, if not uh, trying to, to chat up people and help just kind of promote the, the stuff. So um, I appreciate it. I, I, I have nothing else. So pirates, thank you. If you guys want to get a hold of me, you can always do so at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N on Twitter, C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com for the uh, show if you want to email in or just join the Discord. Um, I'm going to have links to Smexy's or Sam's content in the show notes. As always, if you guys want to uh, go support her, please go support her, especially go on to Twitch Take Jeff, Jeff Bezos' little allowance. Send her a month <laughs> allowance, please. And Pirates, with that, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. service announcement from the starter set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the starter set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's Howl's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. Because <laughs> one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. So join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? Looking for a Fallout audio drama? It's True Vault Escapades! That's right, follow the death-defying adventures of Detective Walter Camry and his vault girl Bunny as they solve the Wasteland's biggest mysteries. From the dramatic Texas prologue to the high-stakes world of New Vegas, Walter and Bunny risk it all to crack everything from murders, slaver syndicates, and corruption at the highest level in post-nuclear America. True Vault Escapades. It's a Fallout show with a detective twist. Look for True Vault Escapades wherever you get your podcasts.